Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Good morning, Bison Nation. It is great to be with you on another fall football Saturday. As your 7-0 Herd take on Indiana State in Missouri Valley football action. 2.30 kick at the Fargo Dome on the heels of a 27-20 win against Missouri State that saw then backup quarterback Cam Miller come off the bench and lead the Bison to two fourth quarter big boy, big money touchdown drives connecting on a, what, a 29-yard pass to Phoenix Sproles to tie the ball game. And a 24-yarder to Christian Watson. I went back and watched the the replay of the game earlier this week. I DVR most of the game so I can do that and bring you this kind of analysis on Herded Here. Brought to you by Smith Motors in Wapaton. Small town friendly, big town deals and Welton's Tire Service. Your local one stop for tires, friendly service and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. So I went back and watched that game and it's... It's a mixed, but no, I, I, I was going to say it's a mixed bag. First and foremost, it's a win. Enjoy the wins. Enjoy the journey. I'm having a lot of fun watching this Bison team. They're finding a way to win football games. They're gritty. They're tough. Style points. Those aren't coming in droves, but the wins are. And as soon as this offense, one of these weeks, I keep telling you that this offense is going to hit its stride. It's going to find its rhythm. And when that happens, Katie bar the door because ain't nobody stopping the herd when the Bison offense gets into a rhythm. And I've also told you for weeks they're not that far away. And I mean that not as a homer, but as an astute football mind who has grown up being 39 years of age watching college football since the early 1980s that I can remember with Brother Swan, who will be with us here this morning. That's right, Brother Swan joining us. want to bring him on to talk about uh, some FCS to FBS moves where NDSU fits in the mix and also talk about this Bison offense and quarterback situation and if there are any comparisons to years past and just to get his take on it. But watching that replay of the Bison game, they are oh so close. The plays look like they are there. You know, Quincy Patterson, I think a lot of fans forget. This isn't going to be bash on Quincy Hour. I don't like fans that do that. I don't think you're a very good fan when you go after maliciously. You can say, does he need to play better? Sure, he'll tell you that. What caught my attention in the post-game press conference, listening to that, 
was the fact that after being pulled from the game, which that's an ego blow, man. Your QB won at North Dakota State. You're coming on a long lineage of quarterbacks, not just the Trey Lances and Easton Sticks and Carson Wentz's and Brock Jensen's and Steve Walker's and Chris Sindorm's and Arden Beachy's and Kevin Feeney's and Jeff Bentram's. You're the man, and to get pulled, that hurts. You know what Quincy Patterson did Saturday night after the game? I know because Coach Entz referenced the fact during his press conference on Monday that he was at the Dome watching tape in getting better. That is a team player. That is a bison. That is a high-character guy who at some point this season, whether he continues to be the starter or whether Cam Miller is the starter, you're going to need Quincy Patterson to help win you a national championship. He leads North Dakota State in rushing with 422 yards and six touchdowns. You can talk about that interception that he threw with with a guy, two guys in his mug off his back foot, tried to make a play in the second half, threw up a wounded duck, and then he gets pulled. But let's talk about that touchdown bomb to Christian in the first quarter that was called back on a formation penalty. Let's talk about that 15-yard touchdown run after Missouri State muffed the punt. That guy is a playmaker, and he is a weapon. It is tough for any defense to prepare for two quarterbacks with distinctly different styles, especially when you get in that third and short territory, especially when you get into the red zone, or even if you just throw in a wrinkle where you're going cam, 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 and you bring Quincy in for a drive, and all of a sudden the defense has to change what it's doing. All of a sudden, somebody has to be accountable in that quarterback run game. Quincy Patterson's a good football player. He'll come around, and, and it's so interesting to me, Bison Nation, and I love you guys, and thanks for listening. Cam Miller had a great game. Watching that, 7 of 9 for a buck 12, two touchdowns. That throw, there's a third down throw he made to, to Christian on the sideline. It was called back on a false start or procedure penalty, and then uh, Broswell, number four from Missouri State, just a, a bonehead, chirping all game. Christian went over top of him twice, embarrassed him, right in his mug. How's that feel, Broswell, Bracewell? You got mossed. But he gets a personal foul instead of a fourth down. North Dakota State has a first down a couple plays later. Miller hits Sproles. But that throw on a third down, coming to the sideline, fitting it in that window, Christian toes it first down, but for the penalty, that's a big boy throw. Coming in in that situation, knowing that you are down seven, and you're going to need to lead at least two touchdown scores for the win. Having not taken, as far as we know, Cam didn't take any reps with the first team offense the week of the Missouri State game. And to be that prepared for when his number was called. That's impressive. In the Bison offense, it just it felt different and it looked different. If you watch the game, some of the stuff we uh, used to run more predominantly, those short intermediate passing routes, some of that other stuff with Easton and Trey. And Cam in his own right had a couple nice runs for a first down, but those throws to Sproles, 
And then there was a little kind of tight end screen leak out to Gindorf. Man, he connected. I think the buy is an offense. One of these weeks, I got to be right, don't I? If I keep telling you that one of these weeks, the buy is an offense. is going to get going. One of these weeks, they're going to get going. It's today, all right? We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep, keep the swan train rolling down the tracks. I think Miller gets the start today. That hasn't been announced publicly or anything. You just take a look at the spark he provided to the offense last week in the second half. And Quincy, part of it could be Quincy banged up his shoulder against Missouri State. Coach Ants alluded to that. And you saw him throwing on the sideline between series to keep his shoulder warm, which is something that quarterbacks typically do not do. So I expect that you know you want to get Quincy Patterson back to 100%. Because at some point this season, we're going to need him. And at some point during the season, I'm going to come back on these airwaves and tell you very humbly, very modestly, Pa Swanee, that I was right. That Quincy Patterson is a guy for the Bison to get to Frisco. He's going to play into that somehow, but so will Cam Miller. So will Cam Miller. And with that South Dakota State game coming up next weekend, Indiana State. Let's press pause. Press pause for a minute. Indiana State is not a cupcake. They are not a pushover. They are 4-4 four and four overall, 2-3 and three in the Valley. Now, yeah, I know they got housed 44-0 by the Jacks. And they lost 38-10 to to South Dakota. And they lost two weeks ago 37-7 to to Missouri State. They beat Youngstown State. They beat Western Illinois. They're playing for their playoff lives. They've got something to play for. If they beat North Dakota State, they're five and four in the valley, and all the or excuse me, they're five and four overall, three and three in the valley. But all of the sudden, they are very relevant when it comes to a playoff conversation. They're going to be going all out today. The Bison also want to start playing well. I don't think maybe maybe outside of the Northern Iowa game and the Towson game, maybe. No, we'll give that to North Dakota State. I think the Bison played complete games or as close to complete games as they have all season against Northern Iowa and Towson. Other than that, in North Dakota State, seven wins. Credit to the herd for finding a way. It is hard to be undefeated in Division I college football. There are only three teams in the FCS who are undefeated. The Bison, Sam Houston, In Princeton, South Dakota State has two losses. James Madison has a loss. Credit to the herd for finding a way to win football games. But this Bison team has not played a complete game yet. Heading into the Dakota Marker game next week, what I would like to see this afternoon is a complete game from the Bison, who are solid offensively, who get off to a strong start, who finish drives in the red zone, and defensively just keep doing what they're doing. Now, yeah, they they had a slow start, the Herd did, against Missouri State. Mo State comes out, goes up 10-0, could have went up 17-0, but for the fact Code Green stuffed them on a fourth and short inside NDSU's 20, 
That was a pivotal play in the game. And credit to Code Green in that second half. Five sacks. Five sacks. Sack monsters. Sack parade. Third straight game where the herd had at least five sacks. And expect more of the same today, friends. Indiana State is not a very good team offensively. They're only rolling in averaging 17.1 points per game against some of the better teams in the Valley, like a South Dakota State. They got skunked. They got shut out. They don't pass the ball particularly well, and they don't run the ball particularly well, so I guess you could say they're balanced in that regard. But you would like to see the Bison play a complete game. And the coaching staff, the players, they're not focused on South Dakota State. It's real tempting as a fan base to look ahead to that Dakota marker game, saying we're playing perennial conference doormat, Indiana State. Let's start looking forward to that big game down in Brookings. The coaching staff isn't doing that, and the players aren't doing that because the Bison do have things to work on. They do have things they need to get better on. Now, there are a lot of bright spots. You don't get to be 7-0 and in 4-0 and in the Missouri Valley if you're a mediocre or average football team. Christian Watson is the best offensive player in the FCS. Four catches last week for a buck 06. Had uh, two other catches taken off the board because of penalties. But for those penalties, he's probably closer to a buck 80, maybe even a buck 90, 200 yards receiving. And everybody knows the ball is going to him. And these are situations where NDSU is really struggling to run the football. And nobody, nobody's really talking about that. It's all about the quarterback play. People want to blame Quincy. They want to blame the play calling. The Bison need to do a better job running the football. Watching that Missouri State game, they struggled, man. They're struggling to get those runs from the running backs. I went back and looked. In all but two of the games this year, the leading rusher for the Bison, so in five of their seven games, the leading rusher was Quincy Patterson. He was their leading rusher against Missouri State, their leading rusher against Illinois State, their leading rusher against UNI, against UND, and against Valpo. The Bison have only had a rusher, whether quarterback or running back, break the 100-yard mark twice this season, which is mind-boggling when you think of the Rams and the rich tradition and history of this Bison ground attack and physicality. Only two times this season, the opener against Albany, Dom Ganella had 135 yards. And against Illinois State, Quincy had 100 yards. Those are the only times all year a Bison rusher has broken the 100-yard barrier. And only twice, as I mentioned, only twice did a running back lead the herd in rushing. Here are the running back, running back numbers. Leading rusher for our running backs the last... Five, six weeks against Missouri State. Kobe Johnson had 23 net yards. Led all running backs. Against Illinois State, Kobe had 41 yards rushing. Led all running backs. Against UNI, Hunter Lipke had 40 yards. Led all running backs. Against UND, Lipke had 52 yards rushing. Led all running backs. Against Towson, Tameric Williams, transfer from SMU, led all running backs with 79 yards rushing. And against Valpo, Jalen Bussey led all running backs with 72 yards rushing. And I don't want to call 
anyone out, but you hear Coach N say stuff like, our running backs need to make a play. When they get one-on-one or an open field, they need to make a play. And I think back to the third quarter last weekend, the Bison had a third and 12, did kind of like a, a leak-out short pass screen to Ganella. Lots of green blockers in front of him. And Dom gets three, four yards from the line of scrimmage. One guy between him and the first down marker. And instead of putting on a move, he puts his head down and tries to run over him. And he wasn't running over a guy for three yards and carrying him past the first down marker. He stopped short. The very next play, the fourth and two, right after, this was right after the Jasir Cox interception. The Bison get down there, elect to go for it on the fourth down. They get stuffed. We have seen that too many times. Those third and ones, those third and twos, third and threes, or fourth and shorts, especially in the red zone, the Bison need, they absolutely need to start converting those. And the running backs need to be a big part of that. They need to start beating guys in the open field, and they need to play with the chip on their shoulder today. The Rams, the fullbacks, and the tight ends, they need to play with a chip on their shoulder today because their quarterback and their coordinator are getting called out And they got to shoulder some of that responsibility for not being able to run the football. When we talk about a complete game, that is going to be so huge today. Am I going to be watching Quincy or Cam or, or whoever the quarterback is? Yeah, I will be. But the bigger story, the biggest story for North Dakota State through seven games, we're undefeated. Enjoy that. Enjoy the journey. Celebrate that. Because... We're on top of the valley. We control our playoff destiny as far as seeding and dome field advantage. But when you look at some of those games coming up and the playoffs and going to Brookings, the Bison need to do a better job running the football. Coming up next on Heard It Here, we're going Brother Swan time for the rest of the show. Justin Swanson joining us in studio. We're going to share some laughs, swap some tales, talk about this Bison running game, and also talk about the landscape of the FCS with James Madison, their board of visitors, voting to go FBS, joining the Sun Belt. Coming up next on Heard It Here. Put your seat backs and tray tables in their upright positions because you are cruising the friendly skies of Swanee Brother Radio. So we're piloting this bad boy talking bison football as your herd has a 230 kick against Indiana State. This is Herded Here, brought to you by Smith Motors of Wapaton, small town friendly, big town deals, and Welton's Tire Service in Lisbon, North Dakota, your local one-stop for tires, friendly service, and more. So earlier this week, I think it was Wednesday, my, my uh, parents, Mom, Pa, Swanee, from Maddock, North Dakota, the 58348, God's country, as it were. They give me a call, and Dad says, Josh, your brother is just beside himself because you never have him on your radio show. He's crying, calling home. He's upset. Mom says, look, just throw him a bone, have him on the radio and everything. So I said, look, Mom, Dad, we'll get him on. We'll, we'll do our best. We'll fill out the appropriate paperwork, make sure the FCC signs off on it. But with that, uh, Brother Swan, welcome to the Friendly Airwaves. I'm about to do some Keith Morrison Dateline investigative reporting right here and tell you oh. the real story. Ah. Oh. Tell you the real story. The dirt's why I'm here in the studio. It's not because 
Mom Poss once said, hey, you got to throw him a bone and get him on that the air. That call happened. It's because Josh's wife, uh, Libby, <laughs> called me up and said, hey, you got to get down to the I studio and make sure he doesn't have Bailey's in that coffee. Yeah, she does say that. That's true. That is absolutely true. Her and Maverick are at home not listening. Hey, I've always said if you can't drink Bailey's and coffee before breakfast, when can you drink Bailey's and coffee? That was the day you're handed in your badge. <laughs> That's the day I handed in my badge. <laughs> a little oh, chilly for tailgating this morning, huh? Well, it should be pretty nice. High of 50. That's pretty. That's really good for October tailgating. You know, I never thought I'd hear a bison fan say it's a little chilly for tailgating, guys. That's where I'm at, man. I'm almost 40 years old when it's cold like that. Yeah. I, I've, hey, oh. take your Geritol, you know, that arthritis will figure itself out. Maybe go to Herd and Horn, stay warm. You're, you're one of those Bison fans, brother. You're like, we need an outdoor stadium, blah, 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 outdoor back to the days. And everyone else is like, you you numb nuts. If we had an outdoor stadium, we'd have 4,000 people in there in October hey, and November. Come on, we had, what, 15,000 people in there last week and we played inside and it would had, look like oh, 11,000? I was going to say, if we had, had 15,000 people in there, I've got a bunch of igloos in Alaska. Uh, outdoor, indoor, yeah. Bison Nation, we got to step up, hey. This uh, this team's number two in the country. It's And I get it, there's some fallouts of the pandemic going on, and but you look at, uh, there's concerts in the Northern Valley with 25,000 folks, and the Vikings are putting 65,000 in there. And if you don't feel comfortable, hey, I completely get that. I don't think it's a pandemic, No, though. I, that's I think... what I was going to say. There's maybe 500,000 fans tops that kind of feel that way, but I think there's a lot of other reasons why we aren't seeing people coming to the Dome and you talk going into break about JMU heading to the FBS this week. I think that's, one, I think of that's them, right? one of them, and I think competitive balance is another. You look at this Indiana State game today, they're the morning side game that we had back in the NCC days. We're 9-1 in Valley play against them. They haven't beat us. They beat us in 2012. Every win we've had in this series has been by double digits. Yeah. Come on. Do you remember the last time North Dakota State played Indiana State? Here's a trivia question. When was that? 2017. Remember what day that was? I'm guessing it was a Saturday. Was, was there, your wedding? It was my wedding. Yeah, yeah. I got bear, we watched the game on a, a bear. Baron Grendel and his tailgrading groups, the the Z Zone or Z Boys or Zone Z or what, what? I feel like a jerk for not knowing that what their tailgating group is called. But they had the big Diamond Dogs. Diamond. Di- that's not the Diamond it's Dogs. Not the Diamond Dogs. That's they Ted that, Lasso. They had, <laughs> they had the big uh, black uh, charter bus all decked out, and you guys painted it, and then you and me and. We had uh, Justin Buckholz, Cody Chatham's, Adam Pelcheski, Libby's two brothers, Old Jeff TK. and Joe. Todd Cattermas was with us from Beyond Realty. Um, boy, we're forgetting Josh Knutson, and, and there are some other guys I'm forgetting. Old Adam Pelcheski. Pat, Pat Thiel, old Pat. Pat was on there, and we rolled out there, and we had the game on the bus. And so during there pictures, were pictures you guys were watching and enjoying some libations. We had we had a code word for every time the Bison scored, and do you remember what the code word I, was? I don't, but I remember we had to yell it about it a dozen times because uh, it was 52 nothing. It didn't make any sense. Robot! And robot. <laughs> and Libby's looking over the bus. Who keeps yelling like, robot? What's with the robots? <laughs> Bison won 56-0 that day, and we had the wedding on that uh, farmstead place uh, north of Moorhead. I, I can't remember the name of the town. Gorgeous fall Saturday, but uh, the my wife, my beautiful bride, and the bridesmaids and the family are looking around like, why the Justin and the groomsmen keep yelling the word robots. And I, I can't remember remember why of all the words we decided for a code word when the Bison scored, we'd go with that. But I think, you know, moving forward a little bit, I think part of the reason for the dwindling fan attendance is twofold. I'll give you my reasons. And it ties into what I wanted to talk to you about. With a lot of these FCS programs in the last few years, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, and now James Madison making the jump to FBS. So it's it's a done deal now. James Madison is moving to the FBS, their board of visitors, 
which is the equivalent of their board of trustees, their governing board, voted to support and approve that move. So they'll be joining the Sunbelt Conference. So James Madison will no longer be FCS, and I would suspect that this season will be the last year they're playoff eligible because I think once you announce you're making that move and but you increase you start scholarship, scholarships, scholarship yeah. numbers, so after this year they'll start pushing up JMU will their scholarship numbers, which will make them ineligible for the playoffs. They may still have a year kind of transitioning out of the CAA and, and all that, uh, or they might jump straight into Sunbelt. I haven't seen that reported yet. What the what uh, if they'll begin Sunbelt play right away in 2022 or if that's a 2023 thing. But I think some Bison fans, a lot of them, they're bored. They're tired of watching games. Yet Missouri State's a lot better. And the, the, the product in the FCS and the Missouri Valley Football Conference, the Missouri Valley, I think at least the top half of the league, is better than the MAC. It's better than Conference USA. It's well, better better than a lot of Group of Five leagues. And I'll counter that, too. Uh, you know, Thinking that way, we talk about competitive balance, and you look at it going back throughout this championship run, going back a decade since 2011, there's only five Valley teams that have beaten us. And outside of SDSU, we haven't been beaten by a Valley team. And I'm not counting this past spring. Throw that out, I think. Yeah. That, that doesn't count. Uh, so outside of SDSU, there isn't a team in the Valley that's beaten us since 2015. Look at you and I that used to be that big rival. They haven't beaten us since 2014. And then you look at your trifecta of Illinois State, Missouri State, and Western. The, those three haven't beaten us since 2010. You know, you look at our last... Uh, Gosh, what are the numbers? I looked them up this morning in our You lab. win eight of the last ten national championships. I love going yeah. to Frisco. I absolutely love it. You know where I'd really like to go? Somewhere like Nashville for a bowl game, Vegas for a bowl game, or even places like uh, Phoenix, Scott, Scottsdale, Glendale. We've seen teams like a Northern Illinois and a Boise State, Northern a Western Michigan, yeah, playing in those big New Year's Day kind of bowl games. And Coastal Carolina was in the discussion last year. There was a team that North Dakota State beat in back-to-back years in the FCS quarterfinals in 2013 and 2014 or 20, 2012, 20, well, 2013, 14 maybe. But but anyway, two years in a row, NDSU beats Coastal yeah. in the quarters. And I, I think for me where I'm at, I, I the, the Missouri Valley, when you're playing the upper echelon teams like the South Dakota States, that's really good football. Southern Illinois is a program on the rise, and you could take the top half of the Valley and they'd be competitive in the MAC and the Sun Belt and Conference USA and the Mountain West – but you're, you're FCS, you're not FBS. And I think what we're seeing is, is some fans are just getting kind of bored with it. And, and that's, you know, that's not a knock at all. This football, this football team is 7-0. and They're the number two team in the country. They keep on cranking out NFL draft picks. Trey Lance gets taken number three overall by the 49ers. Zach Johnson was active in his first NFL game this Thursday for the Cardinals against uh, Green Bay. You got Billy Turner, who's playing for Green Bay. You can go up and down the list. We could talk NFL guys for the rest of the show if we really wanted. But NDSU put such a great product out there. But can you imagine if schools like Fresno State were coming to the Fargo Dome versus an Indiana State? A Fresno State game would be butts to nuts, rafters packed. Well, the NDSU will be lucky if there's if we hit eleven. 11-5 in the Dome this afternoon for attendance would probably be pretty... If you're talking butts and seats Butts today. and seats, not yeah. tickets sold, but butts and seats. So that's... And where I'm at, the other part of it is, and we'll talk about this after the break, if you'd have told me three or four years ago before we had Maverick that I would be... Between uh, when the Dome opened in 93 and Maverick was born, I missed three buys and home football games. And now I, I miss them all the... Well, I try to go to as many as I can, but the games with them all being on TV... It makes it a lot easier. Cole Pack, Jeff had a, a good article in the forum about it, how a bunch of longtime Bison guys, 
they they have the season tickets. They'll go to the big games, the homecomings, the SDSUs, the playoff games. But for games like this, they've got the man caves or the setup in the garage. Your bars there, your your fridges, your coolers, your bathrooms, your food. The dome, they've you know pumped in what six million to do the video boards back in 2016. But you look at it, you still can't get Wi-Fi in the dome as a fan. You want to check other scores, watch highlights. It's 2021. That's tough. Uh, And I know from a financial standpoint, the spring season had to happen. You had to make some revenue. But in that situation, you shut out all single-game ticket buyers, season tickets only. So you had a segment of the fan base, uh, and you had to say, hey, you can't come in the building. Uh, they could get tickets if they, they wanted could, to. Well, if they find season ticket holders that had tickets, they yeah. could get in the building. If you do a little uh, digging, they could have probably scrounged up some tickets. But my point being is you told – we, you know, and it's no, no one's fault at all, just the way it played out with the spring football season. The spring season, half our fan base learned that, like you just said, if you don't go to a game Saturday – the sun yeah. still comes up the next day. You, you can don't still die. have a good time watching it like at home. Paswani yeah. says though, he doesn't come to Fargo for a game. He saves probably five hundred to a thousand bucks because if they stay in a hotel two nights, if they go out to eat, and holy crap, if Maswani takes a Shields card and goes to Shields, Costco, Costco, everything else, so that, that's a thousand dollar trip. You do that six nine times a fall. That, that's a pretty big chunk of your budget. And and to watch us go, it just it's it's. Our team's amazing, seventy and six in this run in Valley play. But our fans are like that okay, is just I'll, stupid good I'll, seventy, and, 70 six. That, and six. That's another another reason I think fans just get bored. And that, I think part of the reason the fan some fans are belly aching right now because they don't have those forty two to ten scores. They're just not accustomed to close close games like this. And it's the the teams in the Valley have gotten better. We'll pick up on that. After the break, this is Herded here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan, make sure to check out our show page, and you can also uh, subscribe to this podcast for free. Search Apple, iTunes, Herded here. More Herded here coming up right after the break. Just tear off the knob from that radio dial and keep it locked in to 740 AM. The fan and Herded here. With Swanee talking Bison football, followed by around the rink with Travis Dunn. Before the break, we were talking NDSU potentially going to FBS and James Madison making the announcement this week they're going to FBS. And, you know, where I'm at with Indiana State, not not to disrespect them, or even a team like Missouri State, who we played and beat last week. You know, they had Petrino. I watched the replay. That guy's such a D-bag, man. Watching him just... Every play, he's whining and screaming. He was screwing around with the interns, got fired from only in college football. And I love college football. And you and I have been watching literally since we are probably three or four years old. Do you get that many coaching lives where you can, you know, literally screw around with an intern, get fired, do all the, the terrible stuff he has, and then resurrect a career and try to come back at Missouri State? And everyone talks about, oh, he's resurrecting that program. Is he a candidate for this job? I'm like, he... You know, doesn't seem like a very good person at all. So, and him whining and chirping at the refs, and you saw that reflected, I think, in his team, the chippiness for uh, Broswell chirping and coming to our sidelines, and I think the officiating uh, didn't keep that game uh, probably in hand like they should have. And targetings, I, Mike McFeely had a good column in the forum. The Valley's just, you know, they they are bonking it up with the officiating. I don't want to spend much time on that, but uh, my my point being. Playing Indiana State and Missouri State just doesn't get me excited. It doesn't move the needle. That's why I'm not talking. I don't. I don't. When I'm talking to Bison fans this week or last week, I mean, I, just like you, I talked to them in town. They text. They heard horns all over the place. You know what they're not talking about? They don't care that we're playing Indiana State. They didn't really care we're playing Missouri State. They want to talk. Obviously, the quarterback situation. And they want to talk about the Dakota marker. So let's let's talk about the quarterback 
situation a little bit. We were watching the game together last weekend, and, and I watched the replay. Cam Miller came in and just lit a spark under that Bison offense, and, and maybe that's just what they need, and he was decisive with the ball. That was what was so impressive. You know, He's a guy that fans were griping about last spring after that Sam Houston game. To come in in relief, go seven and nine for a buck twelve. Those two big scores, Moxie, man, Moxie, coming yeah. in with some stones. You know, uh, you talk about Moxie. And I'll go back to your comment on Petrino real quick. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the players getting chippy and running their mouths the whole game like that. But in this case, Missouri State, that program probably needed it to come in with a little spark, just playing with a little bit of swag, get people reignited, interested in football again. So in this case, I get it, then win a couple games and maybe just act like you've been there, but I get it right now. When you talk about a quarterback situation, the most popular guy in town is always going to be the backup quarterback, and you referenced it. Last year, Cam Miller was on everyone's, you know, crap list from Bison Nation and Quincy comes in and he's going to be Zeb before him and Zeb before him and, and Quincy comes in and the thing with Quincy though you know you think about transfers from Virginia Tech last January spring season's going on so you know, we're practicing right so there's not the spring ball you can't get those reps on air with the first string offense with the receivers and you're he's not running getting, the scout team he's he was, running the scout yeah. team so your work with that first team offense probably started after the spring so you're sitting here what maybe May, June, July, and then fall camp. That's work you have with the number ones. That's that's hard to adjust and get timing down with receivers and learn this offense when you usually have a year to come in as a quarterback. You sit, you learn, you're on the scout team, you watch film, and it's been referenced a hundred times that you know Carson Todd Easton and Easton Todd Trey, and they're all in the NFL, and the the film dissection is all a part of it. And you got to learn how to be a quarterback in NDSU. And having Randy Hedberg is, is fantastic. But you look with Quincy like that learning curve. That was steep, man. That came at drinking out a fire hose. You get here in January, and by May June, you're working probably with the number ones in offseason workouts. And fall camp starts in August, and you're playing September. That's hard for anybody. You look at some of those. He's proven he has the arm in those routes down, bombing it to. To, to, Christian. to Christian down yeah. the field, but you look at some of that timing, some of these short routes, just delivering the ball where it's supposed What's to the be. Inconsistency, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, the, there was one throw on the drive right before the half where we got the field goal. Uh, Sproles came across. He'd been uh, lined up, kind of moving left to right of the formation, running from you know their sideline to our sideline. When I say left to right, wide open yeah. at about the twenty yard line with a lot of green space around him, and Quincy just sails it over his head. Then a few plays later. Christian's running kind of a slant type thing coming across the middle, going left to right again, and Quincy puts the ball right on his hands. And Christian, an easy catch like that, you had said he heard footsteps. Well, it's it's like when we were watching it together, it's a catch that, you know, I know Christian Watson wants back, and Quincy put it right on his hands. And then you had the big money ball touchdown, so you have plays like that and the big touchdown run early, but then the, the interception. It's just that inconsistency, and I think you're absolutely right. It's a byproduct of the fact that, He's still relatively new to the system. And part of the reason Cam Miller came out and went seven for nine, here's here's what I think. Cam Miller was a freshman last year. He was a true freshman. He gets thrown into the fire. He to do what he did in, in that. Playing a straight valley schedule. No, no non-conference tune-ups. You're going right into the valley like he did. And to to do that with the the offensive line injuries and the running game struggling like it was, you know, he, he came into a tough situation. But now Cam had an entire offseason. And he had that fall ball, that all of August, in his hip pocket where he's been in the program now for over a year. I think we saw him being more comfortable with the offense, where the ball is supposed to go, what what everyone else was doing. I think it was the very first play he was in there. When you see a Bison quarterback come up to the line and they wave their arms, you know, both stretched out like an umpire calling something safe 
a bunch of making times. Making those checks at the line. Making the checks and killing a play, either getting him into the right play or killing yeah. a play. The very first play, he's doing that. And then the touchdown Cam had to Christian, the game winner, he changed the play yeah, at the line. Out of it. He, he got up to the line. He saw Christian had man coverage on the perimeter. And instead of running, I think Coach N said Christian was supposed to run it out. Instead of running the out, they, Cam changed the play for Christian to kind of run like just a straight goal or maybe more of a, an out and up to, to get by that the, the defensive back on the sideline. And then not only did he change the play, he had one-on-one coverage against a really good corner in, in, in Broswell. He trusted Christian to go up. He put the ball where he needed to for Christian to get it, but he also trusted his receiver to make a play. So there's a couple things going on there. You had won the recognition changing the play. Then you had the man, and you trusted your wide receiver to go get it, and you made a throw where he could. So it, it might it might not look like all that going on, but when you think about it, and that touchdown to Phoenix, too, was a thing of beauty. He steps up in the pocket, kind of the pocket collapses. Cam steps up, and that's a hard throw to make, and, he, and it was a beautiful catch by Phoenix. That wasn't an easy catch to make. It wasn't, hey, I'm wide open. I just got to, here's the ball. Look, I got to catch it, you dummy, like Varsity Blues. I mean, Phoenix had to make a really nice catch, and Cam put it right there. But I think that's a product of Cam having been in the system now and having been in the offense and worked with those wide receivers. Yeah. And I think in time, you know, Quincy can get there, and I expect he will. But I think it's it's unfair for Bison fans to, to be calling out Quincy and what he's doing. I mean, he leads the team in rushing. He leads the team in rushing overall and in five of the last seven games. And I, I said in the open, only once this year has a Bison running back broke 100 yards. And that was in the season opener. We're going to need to start seeing that. You look at the rest of the season, they're heading into a playoff run. Indiana State this week, no offense to Indiana State. We can play less than our best football and win this game. Next week at SDSU, you got to play some pretty good football in Brooklyn. You need to, to play win a that complete game. game. You do. After that, uh, Youngstown State and South Dakota, the, okay, they're formidable. You can't go and lay an egg, but you can win that game, those games playing less than your best football. So sometime between now and when the playoffs start, we, they got to figure out the, the running back game. You know, what is that up front with the lines? Is that the crew chiefs, the tight ends, the fullbacks kind of clearing that uh, backer out of the hole, you know, giving the running back some space? It's we, we got to see that part of the offense mature a little bit, right? Quarterback game, I agree 100%. Both Cam and Quincy, I think, are going to play a part of this team's success moving forward the rest of this year. Cam, as you alluded to, he can go back and watch film from the spring and see, okay, here's the mistakes I made. When this team ran this coverage, when SDSU did this, here's and, what I saw, yeah. here's what I didn't see, here's where I know to correct that, catch that, make the call on the line, change a play, throw a touchdown. This is Quincy's first time through the Valley. And like you said, the Valley is a, there's some G5 like competition in the Valley. The upper half, absolutely. Upper half. Yeah. So you're going against uh, schools, you got to see them maybe once or twice to understand. Well, South Dakota the, State spanked Colorado yeah. State to open the year. And they've lost two of their last three. They're three and they're I mean, three and uh, they're excuse me, they're two and two in the valley. You and I goes to Ames and gives them everything they can handle to start the season. And now Ames and Brocktober with Brock Purdy pouring it on and making another run at things. So Iowa State, Iowa State, yeah. yeah. Excuse me. No, you're right. I just most fans probably yeah. don't don't know the Brocktober reference. That's their quarterback. Mm, yep. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good point that you have some group of five level competition and in North Dakota State. The other thing is. You know, you talk about that offensive line. I remember one play was at fourth and two. I watched it a couple times where Jasir had the interception, and then it was third and 12, and we got it into like a fourth and two. And I think it was the left guard looked like he was supposed to be pulling. And the Bison offensive line got pushed. They didn't get a push forward. The guys t- to the right of the, the what looked like pulling left guard got pushed into the backfield. 
the left guard couldn't get around to lead block because there was no fullback on that play for Ganella. So it looked like, uh, I think it was 66 maybe, whoever the left guard was, was supposed to pull, get around, clear the hole. He gets caught up because the line gets pushed back, and then Dom has nowhere to run. So that's on your Rams. Your Rams got to play. What I would like to see today is the Rams just play dirty, mean, aggressive, chip-on-the-shoulder football, and after the game have one of the big boys, the the Rams on the, the post-game presser dais, and say, we came out with an edge, and we were PO'd because we haven't been playing our best football. And the Rams, it all starts with the Rams. Like Whether it's the running game or the quarterback, the Rams got to do their job for this Bison football team to make a run in the postseason, you know, period. Thank goodness for our uh, Shanley Deacon kicker, right? Reinholds. Reinholds. So without Reinholds, we might have one have two, 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 two losses two on the schedule. Yeah. He's been huge this year. Money. And, and not to be a, a negative Nancy, I like to consider myself an optimist. And this football team has been so incredible over the last decade, it's hard to find nits to pick. But when Jasir had that interception and got tackled at the 13, what did I say to you? <laughs> when he was running... I don't, we'll, we'll, tell, we'll tell our listeners what Brother Swan said when we come back for the break and talk game day predictions on Heard It here with Swanee. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? It is Halloween weekend, and the Bison look to turn the Dome into a house of horrors against Indiana State here this afternoon. Hey, friends, if you're out there celebrating a tailgating this afternoon and Halloween tonight, make sure that uh, you do drive sober. The state of North Dakota has a rideshare program going on. If you just Google North Dakota free sober ride, it'll come up, and it's got a lift code where it gives you like a $10 voucher. And between that and Uber, take care of yourselves and everybody else. Do do make plans to drive sober or get a ride tonight and this weekend for Halloween. This is Heard It Here with Josh Swanson. Josh Linus running the boards, keeping the trains on the track. Brother Swan, our guest. Want to thank Smith Motors and Wapaton. Small town friendly, big town deals. Welton's Tire Service in Lisbon, North Dakota. The Broncos, right, Justin? Is that Lisbon? Broncos, yep, you got Broncos, it. your local one stop for tires, friendly service. And more. And before the break, you had made a comment. What did you? What did I say when Jasir intercepted that? And what did you say, Justin? So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's. Uh, I'm usually pretty positive, Pete, but I was negative, Nelly, just with our red zone efficiency this year. I said, boy, I hope Jasir runs the center, or else we're gonna have to settle for a field goal. I, I think you said we're not gonna score. <laughs> <laughs> Calling you out, putting you on the spot, getting cranked up. During a game, the Bison red zone offense, man. And that's the thing. They're moving the ball between the 30s, but having to settle for field goals and then these— 17 uh, to 28 for touchdowns in the red zone, 61% clip. That is—that's not good, friends. You know, the Bison want to be better than that. And and I think—I've been saying for weeks, they'll get it cleaned up. They'll figure it out. I think today is the day. They, they just seem to be, don't they, that plays are being left on the field and they're not quite executing. So it's it's not a situation where this this offense is lost in the woods. They're still putting up 300, almost 400 yards a game. The Bison are putting up almost 400 yards a game through seven games. So they're moving the ball, right? The defense, number one in the country, scoring defense, number three, total defense, have only given up seven touchdowns in seven games. That's the best in the FCS this fall 
But but I think today's the day finally we see that Bison offense. And, and I'm thinking it's probably Cam. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I know whoever the Bison play quarterback, that's the guy that the coaching staff has decided will give them the best opportunity to win. If it's Cam or Quincy, whatever they decide, I have no problems with it. But I, my gut tells me we're probably going to see number seven today. Here's the trickiest part about the decision for this week. You have the biggest game on your regular season schedule next week. So who's ever playing? You want someone going to that game feeling good, feeling confident, feeling consistent, and is it a situation, do we see both? Do you make SDSU prepare for both? It's a coach alluded to Quincy might have a banged up so, shoulder, so do you, you rest him because, you know, quite honestly, you could probably play quarterback today and, and NDSU beat Indiana State. So um, if Quincy's healthy, I think you see both. I do. And with this, and I think you're right. I think the team's been waiting for it. Fans have been waiting for it. When this offense starts clicking and puts things together the way the defense has been playing, look out. When you allow uh, that type of scoring defense, and we just we don't let teams in the end zone. Period. With the offense, they find a way to to not leave those plays on the field. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and it's just through seven games, it quite ha- it hasn't quite happened yet. Maybe the thousand game, and that's kind of you and I it. maybe a little bit. You and, and I a little bit in the second half. Yeah, in a perfect in a perfect world, you would like to see this afternoon for the Bison to get that you know twenty eight to three or twenty. 20- eight to zero halftime lead, bring out the starters for a drive or two in the second half, and then get a bunch of number twos and threes some time. You, you don't want a slobber knocker of a game heading down to Brookings. I mean, you, you want to get the win. You want to get out of there healthy. But I think the goal going into today, you want to play a bunch of your backups and you want to try to get some some reps for Cam. And then sometime in that third quarter, get Cole Payton in there and, uh, you know, get out of there healthy, but get a lot of twos and threes some snaps, don't you? I think you do. Yeah, you don't want any... <clears throat> Those kind of you know little flare up type injuries that are gonna make you lose next week. You know, I'm interested. Do we see Kaiser, uh, Kaiser this week? Do we yeah. see you know on the defensive line? I think we've been Braden Thomas was back. Braden Thomas playing is pretty back. well. Yeah, yeah, playing pretty well. So just Monster's a beast. McCormick yeah, had a nice Monster, game. Holy smokes, what a season he's having. Jasir's so. turning it on. Jasir, yeah, we're yeah. across the board. Let's just. Let's play well. Defense, you know, I'm going to call it right now. They're going to pitch a shutout. Let's get out of their healthy. Let's set the table for next week. I'm going to give uh, Indiana State a garbage a garbage score late. No, you know what? Now let's give them a shot. Ah, let's go Corso on him, right? I'm going with a shutout quick. we got one minute left. Game day prediction. What do you got? Game day prediction. I'm going to say Bison come out. Guns blazing. What do you do when the bell rings? You come out you come swinging. Out swinging. I'm going to say bison early, bison big. Let's dial up 42 zip for the good guys. Well, I'm going to have to go 45 because you took my score. So we got to figure in some Reinholds field goal action in there. You know what? Let's get real bonkers. Let's go 48. No, we're going 45 because I think the bison get that 35-point lead. They dial the dogs back. Let's call. I'm calling it 38 38-3. I'm going to give Indiana State a field goal. This is Heard It Here with Swanee. I want to thank Josh Linus for running the boards, Brother Swan for coming on, and Smith Motors, Wabaton. Small town, friendly, big town deals. Weldon's Tire Service, your local one-stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. Stick around for around the rink with Travis Dunn. And remember that the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Uh,